0: Thank you for joining us and welcome to today's podcast. Our theme for today's podcast is humility and integrity, the foundation of authentic leadership. A foundation is the basis on which a thing stands or is supported, the base on which something rests, fundamental principles on which something is established. Authentic carries the meaning of not fraudulent or counterfeit. Conforming to fact or that which can be believed or accepted as trustworthy, reliable, and true. Merriam Webster's dictionary defines humility as freedom from pride or lack of arrogance, a modest view of one's self. Humility is further defined as reflecting or expressing a spirit of deference or submission. However, the biblical definition of humility goes beyond the preceding. Humility is an attribute and continuous emphasis of godliness. Biblical humility is grounded in the character and nature of Jesus Christ. Jesus manifests humility from his birth until his crucifixion. Philippians in the second chapter beginning at the third verse reminds us do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility, value others above yourselves not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Verse number eight, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Proverbs 3 and 5 in the Amplified Version instructs us to lean on, trust in, And be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. This passage is an excellent summation of the biblical meaning of humility. To be humble, we must have faith that God will lead us through life and all his challenges, and not relying on our own knowledge. We have learned that you can't figure out what only God can work out. God tells us that we should lean on the understanding, wisdom, and divinity and sovereignty of God to show us his ways, guide us in his truth, and teach us. This was David's prayer in the New International Version of Psalm 25 verses 4 and 5 where David prays, show me your ways, O Lord, guide me in your truth, and teach me, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Proverbs 22 and 4 in the Living Bible tells us that true humility and respect for the Lord leads a man to riches, honor, and long life. What captured my attention in this passage is that the word true, as it's connected to humility, this suggests the possibility of false humility. The second portion of the text, respect for the Lord, is what will keep us in the place of true humility without any pretense or false humility. As we submit revere and respect God's majesty, sovereignty, and authority with all humility, what you and I receive in return is riches, honor, and long life in this world, which equates to the favor and prosperity of God. In the Old Testament or Hebrew culture, the word prosperity means to go well on your journey. Therefore, the riches, the honor, and long life in this world that God promises us is saturated in the favor and prosperity of God which simply means because of our humility, our reverence and respect for God. As Paul reminded the church at Corinth, so does God remind us today. In 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, God says, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Humility, therefore, is an essential leadership attribute rooted in a man or woman's character. A person of upright character, this is an important ingredient in any person's life. Character is the guard of your reputation and a necessity for success in any aspect of life and ministry. And as important as character is, there is a leadership trait that is equally important and essential, and that trait is integrity. The word integrity occurs 16 times in the Bible. Integrity is a condition or quality of being complete undivided or unbroken. The condition of being without blemish, wholeness, morally sound or upright. Integrity also carries the meaning of honesty and adherence to a pattern of good works. Jesus is the only one who was ever or who has ever been without blemish, perfect, spotless, completely truthful, morally sound and upright, always showing a pattern of good works. This is the reason why you and I must humble ourselves, submit ourselves in reverence and respect daily to the lordship of Jesus Christ. If he's not Lord of all, which means every facet, every aspect of our lives, our marriages, our children, our homes, our finances, our plans for the future, everything that makes us who we are. If he's not Lord of all, he's really not Lord at all. Jesus does not desire a part time relationship with us. He wants all of us, and it is humility and integrity in our relationship with him that says we want all of him. Integrity and leadership implies moral incorruptibility. A leader of humility and integrity walks in the fact that I cannot be bought, leased, or rented. I'm not for sale, simply because Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid a debt that he did not owe, and I owe a debt that I cannot pay. The integrity of the upright leads and guides Leaders with integrity make their decisions and chart their life course according to what God says is right. Leaders of humility and integrity do the right thing even when it's difficult, painful, or possibly misunderstood. They do the right thing even if it creates or provokes enemies. Leaders of humility and integrity do the right thing not for popularity or prestige, but leaders with humility and integrity as their guide do what's right because God will always show us what is right in accordance with his word. Therefore, the prophet Micah reminds us in uh, the sixth chapter and the eighth verse in the New International Version, he, God, has showed you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To do justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Proverbs 11 and 3 declares, the integrity of the upright guides them. But the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. Treacherous carries the meaning of deception, danger, and immoral actions. People that advocate and do wrong before God and man, it won't be long before judgment begin. For the Bible reminds us in 1 Peter 4, 18 and 9 in the Living Bible, if the righteous are barely saved, what chance will the godless have? Verse 19, so if you're suffering according to God's will, keep on doing what is right And trust yourself to the God who made you, for he will never fail you. Peter knew something about failure. Peter knew that when he denied the Lord three times after he said that he would die for the Lord. The Bible says in Luke 22 that Peter went out and wept bitterly because of the failure of his faith. But Jesus had already informed Peter earlier of the reason as to why he had a faith failure and why he needed this life and ministry lesson. Jesus told Peter in Luke 22, beginning at the 31st verse, that Satan has desired to sift. To sift means to separate. Satan specifically wanted to separate Peter from the Lord. So Jesus says, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. And when you have been converted, strengthen your brethren. To convert means to turn about or turn around or turn towards God knew that from the very beginning when He made us, that none of us are perfect, and that there will be times that we will fail in our faith. Some of the trouble that you have experienced is because Satan desires to have you, to sift you like wheat, to separate you from the love and will of God for your life. But a person, A man or a woman, a leader of humility and integrity, trusting in the Lord with all of their heart, leaning not to their own understanding, acknowledging him in all of their ways. And the definition of all is the inclusion of everything to the exclusion of nothing, acknowledging him in all their ways, knowing, trusting that he shall guide and direct our paths of of being committed and submitted. We will declare, as Paul did in Philippians chapter 3, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. In other words, I haven't completely made it yet. I haven't arrived yet, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, I'm not turning back. Therefore, acknowledging, trusting, leaning not to his own understanding, The apostle Paul further says in Romans 8 and 18, the amplified version, for I consider, I've thought about this, that the sufferings of this present time, this present life are not worth being compared with the glory that shall be revealed to us and in us and for us and conferred upon us. There have been some good days and there have been some bad and sad days. But as a child of God, a leader in the kingdom, and we are all leaders, we must be confident in God and the DNA of Colossians 1 and 27 in the living Bible where God says, and the riches and glory of his plan for you Gentiles. That's all of us. This means everybody. And this is the secret. is Christ in your hearts is your only hope of glory. The word glory in the original Greek carries the meaning of honor and esteem we receive for how we lived our life on the earth from the Lord. The glory of this experience is so great. It's beyond our human comprehension. How do we describe the glory of an indescribable God? What we do know is that God is all powerful. He's ever present. God is infinite. Unlike us, God has no limits or boundaries. God is omniscient. He knows everything. God is sovereign. He rules and he reigns over all the earth. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Everybody and everything belongs to God. God is self-sufficient. All of creation relies on God for existence, but God has no need for anything. He does not need our help you and I, because of Christ in us, are given the privilege of being involved with him in the fulfillment of his purposes for humanity, which is the chief aim of man is to glorify God. This is why God says to us as his people, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Verse 12 of Jeremiah 29, this says, then shall you call upon me. And you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. And here it is. And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart, walking in humility and integrity. When you and I search for and lead others to search for the Lord with all of their hearts, the expected end of God's plan shall be peace and not evil. The reason that so many things are wrong in our nation and in the minds of men and women is that they refuse to seek after the Lord with all of their hearts. Where there is no peace with God, there can be no peace in a person's life. Violence, vandalism, terrorism, racial superiority and insensitivity, hatred, prejudice and bias in a person's life is because they are not at peace with God and therefore cannot be at peace with themselves, which paints and stains how they view others. I don't believe that any of us ever in our lifetime could have ever imagined hundreds of people storming our nation's capital, the very seat of our democracy, the values of what makes America what it is. But yet, because the the devil is a mind blinder, he has blinded the minds of those that believe not. See, that's not a part of the plan that God has for us. God desires, or he says in Isaiah 26 and 3, I will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on me. The problem is that many people's minds are not stayed on the Lord. They're not seeking after the Lord. They're not asking God to show them his ways to guide them in his truth and to teach them. No judges 17 and six says, and every man did what was right in his own eyes. But the plan that God has for every man, every woman, boy and girl, it begins with Jesus. And we will find him when we seek for him, search after him with our whole heart. God is merciful and patient and long suffering, loving and immutable because he never changes in humility and with integrity, knowing who we are and whose we are. And the power, strength and ability of Christ in us, the hope of glory, the power of all of his attributes, character and nature in us. The Passion Translation of Titus 2 and 7 tells us, above all, set yourself apart as a model of a life, nobly lived, with dignity, demonstrate integrity in all that you teach. I recall a poem that I heard many years ago that simply says, your life is writing a story a chapter each day by the deeds that you do and by the words that you say. People will read what your life writes, whether faithless or true. And what becomes your life story is really up to you. When we operate in humility and integrity, our story, our life story, it goes far beyond the New York Times bestsellers list because Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. And he's written a story for our life's history because it's his story it's his story in our life story where he tells us above all set yourself apart as a model of a life nobly lived with dignity demonstrate integrity completeness moral soundness in all that you teach by your life story which implies study of God's word and its personal application in our lives. Because this is the kind of integrity, this is the kind of life story, this is the kind of integrity and humility that earned you and I the right to be heard as we set ourselves apart as a model of a life nobly lived with dignity, demonstrating humility and integrity in all that we say and do. Humility and integrity, the foundation of authentic leadership. Sharing these principles and precepts helps us to make a difference in the world in which we live and you and I make a difference one life at a time.